If you think you felt a great disturbance in the force, you're not wrong. Ed Gross and me, Mark A. Altman, have a new oral history coming out this July from St. Martin's Press. It's Secrets of the Force, the complete, uncensored, unauthorized oral history of the Star Wars saga. So wherever you buy books, audio and video, pick it up today, pre-order, and you can learn the secrets of the Force. And don't miss our oral history of Star Trek in stores now. And of course, nobody does it better. The complete oral history of James Bond in digital, hardcover, paperback, and audio. That is all. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a fan of Inglorious Trexperts, you're going to love Trexperts Briefing Room, a Trexperts new series. Trexperts Briefing Room? What is that? I was about to explain, then you interrupted oh, me. I'm it sorry. Is, it's curated audio commentaries of classic Star Trek episodes from the original series all the way through Enterprise. You're going to love it as we explore the behind-the-scenes making of all these wonderful Star Trek episodes with cast and crew that you would never expect to hear doing audio commentaries on Star Trek. Sounds like fun. It will be. And you <laughs> can find it on the Inglorious Trexperts podcast feed and on the new Trexperts Briefing podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's go see what's out there. Welcome to the 430 movie. This is Mockumentary Week, and I'm Mark Altman, and I'm here with all your favorite 430 movie hosts, including Mr. Monday, Steve Melching. Hi there. I'm really hoping to learn something this week. Tuesday, it's Darren Docterman. I'm really hoping to learn something from Steve this week. <laughs> Wednesday. Luck. I'm still floored by last week, and dead men don't wear plaid, but we'll continue. <laughs> uh, Mr. Ashley Edward Miller. I didn't kill her. I didn't do it. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I'm, of course, Mark Altman. I have to tell you, uh, I know uh, we finished last week, recording last week. It's already uh, out there in the pot. Podcast the pot universe. Pot but yeah. We, we missed a hugely important Humphrey Bogart movie that we didn't talk about. And I, I mentioned this, Steve, In a Lonely Place with Gloria Graham. That, you know, where he plays a, a writer with anger issues who thinks he may have murdered someone. He's in a lonely uh, he, place because no one picked him for the 430 movie. And you think <laughs> we could have, uh, you think we could have uh, related to that movie. But um, it, it, it's yourself. such a great film. And it's one of those films that when it came out, I don't think it was particularly successful. But now, you know, it, 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 over the years has become a really beloved Humphrey Bogart classic. I, I don't know how we missed it. Because we missed it. We mi we don't get them all. He missed the boat, man. We're only human. We missed the freaking boat. Human Never get off the boat. Never get off the boat. get off the boat. So uh, this week we're doing mockumentaries. And, you know, I have to say, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting in terms of defining what a mockumentary is. You know, certainly I think when you watch TV, 
you know, there's the faux documentary, but is it really a mockumentary? Like The Office is a super popular, beloved show right. done in the documentary, a faux documentary format. Uh, um, but, you know, is it is it a mockumentary? The same way, um, the, the wonderful show, What We Do in the Shadows, mm -hmm. uh, terrific show based on the movie, is also done in that faux documentary style. And of course, I would even say, and I've been doing um, a rewatch, and I know Steve has too, of the Larry Sanders show. Mm -hmm. You know, does that fall because it, it, it's creating is it a mockumentary because it's a, a talk show as though it was airing alongside uh, jay leno and, i would argue um, i would argue not because no one uh in larry sanders acknowledges that there's a camera there mm. you know what that's a really interesting yeah. point so mm. however comma if we are just going to talk a little bit about television both seasons of american vandal absolutely. <laughs> yes absolutely right um, ESPN's like the, the, uh, well, it's not really ESPN's, but like the 30 on 30, uh, uh, the, by the guy who did American Vandal, um, which had like, you know, Rocky, like solves the, uh, the cold war in Rocky four. <laughs> and there's all of Chris Lilly's shows like summer Heights high and, and angry boys. Those are, those are faux documentary limited series. So why are there's those not the great uh, documentary now on IFC? Sure. Which is a, a very mainstream documentary parody show and is fabulous if you've never seen it. Now, if I wish that Cobra Kai actually happened, does that count <laughs> as a mockumentary? <laughs> no? Fuck. Oh, it's, oh, I just used it's a mocking big word. It's mocking I? you. Mm. Yeah. It's mocking you. So, it's mocking so, so are we defining mockumentary as a movie that is it's told in documentary style, but it's not a documentary, it's not real? that it's fictional. Is that how Aren't we they, define mockumentary? I, I think so. <laughs> I think yeah. we almost have to. And, yeah. and they don't have to be funny, I no, think. No, no, It's just a faux so. documentary. Some of them can be dramatic. Some of them are full-on parodies. Uh, Some of them can attempt to be funny, but not. Uh, That's right. Some of them can be scary. Ooh, uh. Some of them can be so clever, it blurs the line, and, and some viewers find it difficult to to understand if it's real or fake. Mm, right. Those are yeah. some of my favorite ones. Right. right. Gaslight, the motion picture. <laughs> I have to say, I'm really enjoying watching Larry Sanders again on HBO Max. Larry Sanders. Man, that show was so good. The greatest show ever made. It's so definitely my, one of my top 10. You know, it's funny because when we talk about our favorite shows like Star Trek and The Wire and, you know, Breaking Bad and all these great shows, you know, I very rested development. I very rarely mentioned Larry Sanders show, but it is it, it, Larry Sanders show is one of the great TV shows of all time. Yeah. And, and now it's that just, it's more available than ever, I, I have the DVD set, but uh, now that it's on HBO max, you have no excuse yeah. for not no, watching the no show. Excuse. If you've never seen it, none treat yourself. It, it, it's a it, delight. It, it's funny because HBO max is not a great streaming service for movies. But I think, you know, in terms of uh, access to the HBO library and a lot of TV, it's actually quite good, you know, especially with the addition of Babylon 5 now. And I, I find myself watching a lot more TV on uh, HBO Max than I do movies. Mm. Yeah. And that may just be because I own so many movies that I like, you right. know, so I don't need to watch it on, on streaming. But I mean, what do you guys, what do you watch? Like, what's your streaming uh, service of choice? Do you have them all? Do you have some? Do you have none? I have all of them. Yeah. Uh, I think I probably watch more stuff on Netflix. 
Yeah, because they, they, they sign your checks. You have to say that. They do. <laughs> I, have to, I love Netflix. They are the best service. They have only the highest quality programming. Watch them again and again and, and again. again, and again. <laughs> I, I probably watch more Netflix than any other because they have by far the best interface. Like, I find HBO Max's interface impossible. Awful. Difficult. Right. Very difficult. Awful. And not uh, as bad as yeah. Peacock, but pretty bad. Yeah. Peacock is terrible. Um, I, Disney Hulu Plus is pretty is good. Pretty good. Hulu is pretty good. I like Hulu. I like I like Peacock because it has all these uh, terrible uh, reality shows on them that I <laughs> love. But can we agree that Paramount Plus blows? Oh, the worst! Oh, it's so yeah. hard to find anything on Paramount. Yeah. You know, it's like I, you know, it's like boy, Paramount manages to screw up everything, don't Much they? In, <laughs> they really in the spirit of Ashley talking about Netflix, I love Paramount Plus. <laughs> the selection of shows is great, and the quality is amazing. No, it's funny. I highly I, recommend it. You, you know, who has the worst? I think the worst navigation of all of them, which you would think, given what geniuses they are on every other aspect of their business, Amazon. and dominate the text, the tech sector. What? Is Amazon? Amazon. Oh, I mean, Amazon. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, Amazon so, is terrible. Yes. And the absolutely. way that they do virtual seasons, each season has its own bucket. Yeah. That you just don't go to the show. You have to go to the different. Yeah. It's just. It's weird. Well, I, I was and trying also, to. I was trying to go back to a show on Amazon that I had watched a couple episodes for, and I could not freaking find it again. Like there, like you know, a lot of the other channels have like continue watching as its whole separate thing but amazon it took forever it's, to find this it's stupid like thing. well you know I, I take it back i love amazon i have no problems <laughs> with amazon I, I think it's great it Not, just need a better interface it's like I, for it's one like, welcome like our walking, new robot overlords it's like walking into the back of a shoe store and trying to find shoes in <laughs> thousands of boxes that look like that yeah, people I, I still think that if somebody could perfect the navigation where it is like a VR, like walking into a video store where you can go in and like, you know, look at stuff as though you're in a video store and look at the movies on the shelves in these faux uh, shelves broken up and then you click on it. I, I, I and to emulate the vi video the, store experience. The kids would never understand it. They would say, they, what is this? They would just wander around and rack up late fees and it'd be great. Yeah. As long as there's uh, a part of the user interface where you get to stand and wait for somebody to return a video. Right. It's just so right. funny. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, just kind of shows up at random. You're like, oh, God. And you and, just and grab it. Sometimes you start watching it and it's in the end credits. So you have to rewind <laughs> the damn right. thing. Or sometimes uh -huh. you watch it and it looks like somebody overdubbed it with like homemade pornography. And you're like, what is happening in this movie? What I, I think it's so funny. I think it's so funny that, you know, we always pride ourselves on our honesty and we give you the straight dope here on the 4-3 movie. And it's like, oh, you guys work for Netflix. He works for CBS Paramount. And I, I have a show on Amazon. So it's like, no, they're all great. We love them all. But Peacock, man, that sucks. Screw Peacock. Uh, you, yeah. you, know what channel, well, you know what channel we've been watching a lot of is Pluto TV. Really? Pluto TV has all these great old, as the old Johnny Carsons. Oh, with commercials. Yeah, but commercials. that's the only way to see a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny I, because it's, I, um, I, I get that. And I actually, you know, I get a kick out of like, they have the James Bond channel and stuff, which I right. just watch because I just think it's cool that there's a James Bond channel. Um, but I, I just, I can't watch Avon. I can't watch with, um, uh, with commercials. So um, I, it's worth it so I can just just watch Johnny Carson's from the 70s and 80s. So help me, I will turn on the Deal or No Deal channel. 
<laughs> what is it with you and unscripted? You love the unscripted shows, don't you? Because it's always a surprise. <laughs> like you're like a super fan of The Bachelor or something. No, no, you no, know, not The Bachelor. No, uh, uh, ninety below deck. Oh, below decks. Oh, below you know, deck. it's so funny. You know, people would think I got Paramount Plus for Star Trek, but the reality is. Um, we we showed the kids Survivor and they love Survivor, so we got Paramount Plus because they had all the seasons of Survivor on it, you know, and the Amazing Race. And, and I can't so, watch I can't watch Mark Burnett shows anymore. Oh, because of the Trump thing, yeah. Eh, you know, can't do it. I, I, I love Survivor. Survivor. I, I was a, I was addicted to Survivor for years. Yeah, oh. it's still you know it's funny because I stopped watching it and then came back to it and it's and it's still really entertaining. But I needed to take a break. And I think I missed like six or seven cycles, if not more. But it didn't matter. It's like I didn't miss anything. So, um, but uh, yeah, well, Darren with the unscripted. That's well, loving it. He's loving it. I'm not proud of it. He's loving it. <laughs> you watch the cooking shows too? Occasionally. Hey, man, the Great British Baking yeah, Chopped. Show. Chopped is great. Really? Okay. I'm just uh, asking. I mean, I used to chef. watch um, Top Chef. Top you know. Gear. I used to watch yeah, Top Gear okay. back when it didn't suck. Yeah. God help me, I still watch Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Like Gordon Ramsay cracks me up. You're going to kill someone! I've nice. actually eaten in Hell's Kitchen twice. Nice. And nice. I got served my entire meal both times. And you got it was served. fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a good mockumentary on Lifetime. It was only one season that was good. Then it got bad. But um, where they parodied Big Brother, what was it called? Um, that was a really good show. Uh, not Big Brother, The Bachelor. They did a pair. Oh, uh, Unreal? Unreal. 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 Yeah, that was hey, a good fun fact. Um, in one of the seasons of Unreal, I was in the uh, I was in the loop group. For uh, really? Unreal. Yes, oh, I'm a credited actor on Unreal. It's, that Unreal like was seasons. great that was first season. And then the second season, it was rough. Um, and then, and then yeah, but that first season was a great. It wasn't quite a mockumentary, but it was more like a one of the best. On one of the best documentary series uh, was also on HBO, and it was the comeback. Oh, oh the yes, best. the absolute best. Yeah, absolute. Is best. that on H? Is that on uh, HBO Max? It I sure hope is. So. It sure yeah. is. So good, yeah. the comeback with but Lisa the comeback. Kudrow. Comeback wasn't as good when they right. Came the back the second ago. season wasn't as good, but it was still good. It was still it was still good. good. Yeah, yeah, it was still but good. The first but not season as is freaking believable. Fatty you know, had a party. Fatty yeah. had a party. <laughs> well, that gives me the perfect opportunity to plug um, this week's Inglorious Trexperts because we <laughs> have um, a, a staged uh, reading of Star Trek Four that I did five years ago, um, and uh, playing Spock is Damian Young, who was Lisa Kudrow's husband on the comeback, and he's great. He's super dry, super funny. Uh, I, it's funny because I just approved the episode today, and it's great. I, I, you know, I, we've been pushing this one forever, and I'm like, and I was like, finally, Mark, it was like, Mark, yes, you're pushing. Your people know their job. Stop pushing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so look, it's mockumentary week. We got some, I hope, some great movies to sure. recommend to you. Hopefully. We're going to start as always as we curate our fantasy theme week with Stephen Melching on Monday. Well, I'm going to kick Monday off with a special 4:30 movie double feature. Bob it's Roberts. A feature. It's a double feature. Yeah, Bob Roberts. I already picked Bob Roberts, and it's fucking great. And you should no, watch that movie. I'm kidding. It would have been perfect for this week. It would have been perfect for this. I week. know. It's on my list, but I already picked it. 
Okay. Uh, so I, I'm doing a double double bill of a, a a short film and a featurette, or a base of two featurettes of different lengths, so it'll fit nicely into that 4:30 movie slot. And these are two films that were made about 60 years apart from each other. And so I'm kicking kicking things off with a short film from 1933, one of the very first Faux documentaries, directed by none other than Louis Bunuel. And I'm talking about a film called Land Without Bread, a 30-minute black-and-white documentary about a fictional group of uh, a, a sort of a lost, impoverished group of people living in the mountains of Spain, the Herdados. And it is it was a film that was so controversial when it came out that it was banned by the Spanish government for several years wow. because of its faux portrayal of a portrayal of faux poverty in the mountains of Spain. And, uh, it, uh, it's, it's presented like a, a, a very matter of fact, uh, documentary about this, this crew that went into the mountains through this, uh, this, this they cut this trail into the mountains and found this village and document their way of life. They're so poor, they don't even know what bread is. That's why it's called Land Without Bread. And it's presented in a very dry, uh, the, the presenter... Uh, moldy way. A very what? Dry and moldy way. Dry and moldy way. Uh, and it's, it's very funny. I remember uh, being shown this movie in film school with very little preamble, and it's... It's it's very dry, but it, it's an important uh, film in film history, and it's I think it's a, an interesting way to kick off Monday. And it's by the looks of your faces, it sounds like Never none of you have even it. heard of this no, movie, no. much less it's seen one it. of my favorite films, Steve. You're I can't a liar. Talk about it. <laughs> You're a liar, Mr. Walsh. <laughs> um, and it's anyone, anyone, anyone seen this movie besides Steve? It's on. It's on uh, YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube. It's. A, I don't watch YouTube unless because it's. Uh, if it's not, people aren't getting paid. I only watch authorized stuff that's legit. On the you streaming watch channel. On YouTube. Go to <laughs> scream like men. I want oh, people yes. to get that one cent in residuals. Um, the Boonwell. The Boonwell estate from a film yeah. made well, over hundred um, years ago. I haven't heard of it. It sounds fascinating, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I think it's a great pick. Um, it's a little after half. What's the other uh, half of it? So yeah, yeah, that's true. You have to, let's fin finish the uh, the other half. The yeah, so the main game. course. The ma and, and this is a you know, Land Without Bread, like a lot of great doc faux documentaries, people didn't understand that it was fake at first, mm. which is why it was banned. So this other film, a lot of people also didn't realize it was fake, and it created a, a lot of outrage in its own community. And this is a film from 1995, uh, yes. directed by yes. an Oscar-winning director before he won his Oscar. Uh, and it is from the land near the land down under New Zealand. It's called oh, Forgotten Silver. I'm in a small town called Pukaroa Bay in New Zealand. Behind me is a lady called Hannah McKenzie. About a year ago, I had a call from my mother. She said I should drop in on Auntie Hannah sometime because she was wondering if I'd be interested in a lot of old films that she had stored in a shed at the bottom of her garden. I 
Thank Boom, you, Steve. I knew that was what you were going to pick, my man. Like, I knew it. Like, like, like yeah, I knew he was going to pick it, too, and I'm deeply grateful because it clears the way for me now. So I'm very happy. Oh, good. I was it. a little worried it might have been your pick, Mark, because I believe you saw it at Telluride. Is that right? I did see it at Telluride, and I love that movie. You are the one I that think- told me about it, so I bought the DVD on Amazon. It is now out of print. Uh, you can still find the DVD uh on on eBay and, and, and the secondary market, but I don't know if it's readily available. Oh no, I think you can you can stream it on Amazon. For you can rent. Love you can Amazon. find it. We love it. You can find it. Look at the A team. If so you, for can anyway, so, <laughs> you can watch it on Amazon. So for those of you who haven't seen it, and I'm guessing that might be a lot of a lot of our listeners because it's not the easiest film to see. It was written and directed by Peter Jackson and Costa Boats. Uh, and uh, it stars uh, Thomas Robbins as New Zealand filmmaker Colin McKenzie. Uh, Robbins actually played Deagle uh, in the Lord of the Rings movie, Smeagol's uh, cousin who is murdered for the ring. Um, but this is a movie that tells, this is a, this is a faux documentary that tells the story of this lost pioneering filmmaker, Colin McKenzie, who either accidentally or on purpose pioneered all of these great techniques of filmmaking from the tracking shot to the close-up to sync sound to color film uh, to feature-length films. Uh, there's, there's a great bit in the movie where he makes the first sync sound movie and presents it with great anticipation to the crowd. But the film is performed entirely in Chinese. All of his actors are Chinese and they're speaking Chinese. So the, the New Zealand audience is sitting there. They can't understand a word anyone is saying. And after the novelty wears out, it's all they perfectly just wander away. together. Yes, yes it's, perfect. <laughs> it's all Chinese with no subtitles. So nobody knows what's going on. So it's a very dry movie about, about Colin McKenzie. And it, and it, it um, cross cuts between the history of Colin McKenzie and his desire to make his great magnum opus a four-hour biblical epic, Salome, Salome, yeah, and uh, and it and then it parallels that with Peter Jackson and his documentary crew going into the jungles of New Zealand looking for the sets that might still be in the jungle, swallowed up by the foliage, and uh, reconstructing this uh, this great film. Um, yeah. And it, this uh, Jackson's documentary was. Uh, or, or Colin McKenzie's film was financed by both the mafia and Joseph Stalin. <laughs> so he had to film competing versions of it to please both masters. Oh my goodness. And uh, it's, it's features interviews by uh, real film critics and luminaries like Leonard Maltin, Sam Neill and Harvey Weinstein that sort of give it an air of legitimacy. And uh, it was originally produced for New Zealand television, but it played in a lot of film festivals mm-hmm. uh, following that. So uh, Forgotten Silver, it's a very clever, dry, uh, fake documentary about about filmmaking. It, it, a lot of New Zealanders got really pissed off because they were furious they were that they were they were fooled that how dare they like make fun the of the world country. thing. Yeah. yeah. You Steve, you have to pronounce it uh, the, the correct New Zealand way. Forgotten Silver. Forgotten Silver. <laughs> <laughs> and you look at the credits, you'll see a lot of familiar names in the credits, including yeah. Richard Tyler. Richard Tyler. A lot of a lot of crew well, members from Lord of the Rings were part what's of. What's amazing uh, that crew. is they only spent like six hundred thousand dollars on that movie, but it looks so much bigger. I mean, all the recreations of Salome and when they found the the city, you know, it's like one, you know, it's like that famous story of uh, DeMille 
you know, his sets for the original Ten Commandments, how they got buried in the desert and they found some of them or were looking for them. And so it's so well done. And, you know, they're very smart because they don't do emulsion scratches all over the uh, film. So, you know, it doesn't give the game away. It doesn't seem like a faux documentary or mockumentary. It plays it completely straight. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we went, when I saw it at Telluride, that they, they, they went in and, and, and introduced it as though it was a real film. Was Jackson so, there? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. If I remember, he was, I, I'm pretty sure he was there. It's a while ago. Um, but for anyone who listens to the show, obviously you're film fans. If you haven't seen this movie, you'll get a real kick out of it because it has a lot of fun with the history of movies, but it's wildly entertaining. And like most good mockumentaries, doesn't overstay its welcome. Most mockumentaries, you'll notice the running times are pretty short as evidenced by the fact that Steve gave us a double feature. And I think that's another reason why they're able, uh, uh, they work so well because the um, the joke to you know, running time ratio is pre is usually pretty good because they never overstay their welcome. It's a wonderful film, great pick. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's only like fifty two minutes long. It's short. It's short, and easily the shortest Peter Jackson movie ever. Made. <laughs> it's the Dana Moore Return of the King. Of Return of the King. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, All excellent. Oh. Fantastic. Okay. Well, that's a really great way to start us off. And you've given us a new film to watch in the, in the case of Land Without Bread. Um, because, uh, I, you know, I'm a little... Or is uh, it a real film? Was my whole pick a faux mm. pick? Oh, you, you're saying you could have made it up that it doesn't exist? <laughs> it may be. I don't know. Well, Maybe. with Boonwell, you never know. Okay. So uh, uh, even if it exists, it may not exist. Uh, so that brings us Tuesday and, and Darren Dockerman. Darren, yes. mock it up. Mark. <laughs> um, I, uh, I am a fan of uh, one specific filmmaker who has done many of such films. Uh, Christopher Guest, who uh, was one of the stars, of course, in uh, uh, the late 80s with This is Spinal Tap, uh, uh, directed by uh, Meathead. Um, and uh, he went on to basically create his little troupe of uh, players that uh, he would use in uh, the next several films that he would make. And they were all sort of in this mockumentary style. And uh, yes, it, the, uh, the, uh, the plot is that there is a documentary being made of these people. And so these people know that they are on camera. Um, but the great thing is that especially in the early, early ones, uh, uh, it feels completely real. Um, and as they, uh, in the later, later movies that he makes, they become a little more stylized and a little more cartoony, in my opinion. Um, but the first two uh, are amazing. And I'm going to choose the second one, which is called Best in Show. Live from Philadelphia, it's the 125th annual Mayflower Kennel Club Dog Show. 3,000 dogs competing for best in show. To think that in some countries, these dogs are eaten. Cookie and I work as a team. We met at this dance. He didn't want to dance. I got two left feet. <laughs> I thought he was kidding. But I wasn't. I was born with two left feet. Beatrice has been showing signs of depression. Ever since she saw us having sex, what would you like to say to Beatrice right now? I'm sorry.
sorry you've had to see that. I've been a hairdresser about 14 years. And I uh, went to a show. I asked my ex-wife, who's that? She says, that's Scott. We got yeah. top loin, porterhouse, T-bone. We got everything. So basically, you know, meat. <laughs> Leslie and I have an amazing relationship. People say, oh, but he's so much older than you. And you know what? I'm the one having to push him away. <laughs> we both love soup. Bloodhound not only has a great nose, but they can talk. What you doing, Bloodhound doggy? What you do? What you do? And he's saying I'm ready. That's when he, you know he's ready for a show. That goal is that best in show ribbon. Actually, oh. poodle means um puddle in German. You want your busy bee? Come get your busy bee. Good heavens! She doesn't get a door. She's gonna flip out. It's not in here. You left it at the hotel. Go to the hotel and get busy, me! That's my favorite, the miniature schnauzer. You'd think they'd want to breed them bigger, wouldn't you? Like grapefruits or watermelons. Don't look at the fat head losers or freaks. You look at me! He went after her like she's made out of ham. Which, uh, uh, pardon? I'm two for two. Two for I two this week. That's not the one I thought. I knew. I, I thought you were going to pick a different one. Ah, uh, but I love that one. I, I love that. I, I love it. The 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 characters in it are so good and real, yet so uh, heartbreakingly screwed up. Uh, all of them, and uh, it's it's a really it's a really funny look into the inner workings of dog shows, and. I, I gotta I gotta imagine that what they portray is pretty close to actually what goes on um, because it's just so well portrayed. It's a it's a, a wonderful cast of characters. Uh, Fred Willard is in it as a uh, as a play by play uh, uh, <laughs> uh, announcer. Um, Parker Posey is amazing as uh, half of a couple who are uh, very. Uh, uptight about their dog and uh they are there's my busy bee yeah there's this busy bee <laughs> they are going through a, a a a breakdown as they deal with this dog and the dog doesn't want to be there and uh uh, uh Catherine o'hara uh plays a uh, a uh a sort of a sweet midwestern uh, housewife who has this little terrier and her husband is eugene levy and uh uh it's uh, a the stories that go along with all these people are so uh, real and uncomfortable that it is, uh, it is just, even if the dog show wasn't in it at all, it would still be really enjoyable to watch. And uh, the, the secondary characters in it are uh, absolutely amazing. I mean, uh, uh, let's see. We have uh, Bob Balaban, who is the, uh, the the head of the uh, of the dog show. He's really trying to prove something, and uh, this is sort of his first uh, attempt at the, at running this show without uh, uh, without the previous uh, 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 person in charge. Um, Jane Lynch is in it as a uh, sort of a uh, a trainer who uh, has uh, some. Uh, Dealings with the dog owner, and of course, Ed Begley Jr. plays the hotel manager, who is absolutely, um, he's playing it completely straight. 
but the things that he has to do are ludicrous. And it's just so, it's so well done. Everyone is, is spot on in their performances. And uh, Chris Guest is in it, of course, as uh, a, a strange character. He has the thickest uh, Southern accent I think I've ever heard in anybody. And uh, he has hound dogs. Uh, but it's, it's so fascinating and uh, well done and fun. And, uh, you know, much like his previous um, uh, Waiting for Guffman, which, was, which is a little more uh, too specific and, and, and probably appeals only to people who have sort of been in that situation, I would think. This is a little more uh, opened up for uh, general audiences, let's say. But uh, it's really a lot of fun, and uh, it's a sweet movie, and uh, it's uh, a lot of fun to watch and see how they do it. I adore this movie. Uh, after Spinal Tap, it's probably my favorite of of that run of documentaries. Or at least I think it's the funniest. Has the most laughs in it. Yeah. Uh, I'm also a big fan of a couple of the other ones that I'm sure we'll discuss later. But this movie is a delight. I, I I can't imagine most of our audience hasn't seen it. But if you haven't seen it in a while, you got to watch it again. It's it's it always brings a smile to my face. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah Part the of the reason why I uh, I I try to figure out what the hell you guys were going to pick uh, was because what I didn't want to do was sit here, pick after pick going, Oh, you, you picked my, so I'm like, I'm overjoyed that you picked best in show because had you not picked best in show, then I suddenly would have like been left in the horns of a dilemma. Uh, and I'm glad that you did because I love it. Like you said, it's very sweet, right? Yeah. Like the, and I think it's the reason why that waiting for Guffman like really work is because um, you believe these characters you're on uh, everybody's side. Yes, you are. You're 100% on everybody's side. They feel like real people. Like yeah. you 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 connect with them. And even though yes, it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous in this incredibly grounded way. Yeah. Um that you that you kind of believe, yeah, those people are out there. It's like it's 1 degree off of reality as opposed to right. 10 degrees off of reality. Like by the time you get to like a mighty wind or whatever, you're a little bit like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, but uh, but best in show is amazing. It's amazing, and like you said, you really are. You don't know who to root for. You're like you kind of want all the dogs yeah. to win because yeah. you just like all those people. And and, and Fred Willard is just off the charts with his his improv but, skills, doing his color commentary. You know, and Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy at the uh, at the counter of the uh, hotel um, <laughs> on the phone with their credit card company, and she keeps <laughs> saying, "No, this is the good one." <laughs> it's it's so it's so heartbreaking and real and uh it's it's so much fun to watch i mean they that that troop is kind of at the height of their powers then they've worked together yeah. so much on so many shows they can really bring it home with their you know their their improv scenes and, and it's this that that the that the reality and comedy were perfectly balanced and that uh none of the characterizations went out of the you know Forgive me, Ashley. Out of the box, uh, <laughs> in, in terms of believability, everyone was completely believable to a point, you know. And but it all works together. Uh, and the later films, I think, go over that line a little bit. I, I had heard a rumor years ago that that one of that their next film was going to be about the the collectors' world. And with all them playing like eccentric collectors of different things, and yeah. that sounded really funny to me. But obviously, it yeah. Which one of them was going to play Rob Burnett? 
<laughs> I think you have to have him star as himself. Yeah, for but sure. The, the 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 latest one that I think that they did was all about uh, sort of uh, uh, sports mascots. And oh, I haven't watched that one. You think it's a good idea? It's unfortunately it uh, it is kind of flat, and I was very disappointed watching. And they they did a series, a mini series prior to that and then there was uh for your consideration which right, i wasn't which is a fan of very disappointing but they had a great run from final tap through uh through uh mighty wind yeah i mean i mighty wind is great just for the for the amazing quality of the songs in it i mean i've said it mm-hmm. i've said it before and I, i'm gonna tweet this every year until it happens i want to manifest this i want a mighty wind christmas album i want Ooh. those groups to record Christmas songs and That'd put out an album. Amazing. God damn it. I want the main street singers to do must be Santa or, you know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I love the mighty wind, of course, but I just find it so self-aware in a way that best in show is not a little bit, a yeah. little bit, but you know, I, I think that, I think the folksman uh, singing the skeletons <laughs> of Quinto would still be on the Christmas album. Cause it's the only one that they got around to record. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not surprised to see uh, the Chris DeGuest uh, oeuvre make Chris its DeGuest. appearance on Mockumentary Week. Uh, I, I Like Ashley, I kind of had Darren pegged for Best in Show. Um, you know, two-dimensional thinking. <laughs> I mean, obviously, <laughs> that was, uh, you know, certainly the the, 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 I think we'd all agree that the, the best no, of the, uh, next of the Chris Guest films. We had, we had talked about waiting for Guffman before. And yeah, Spinal that's Tap. That's true. And Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. Well, Spinal Tap, I don't consider Chris Guest. I consider a Rob Reiner movie. Yeah, but... So, and that that was... We did pick that in... Um, uh, and rock, uh, and music week. Rock and music week. week. And yeah. I, look, I would make an argument for Friday because I don't think, you know, mockumentaries get any better than Spinal Tap. So we got to talk about that at some point. Um yes. Spinal Tap is, is, is you know, is, is it's the big one. But speaking of the big one, we got... Ashley, <laughs> Wednesday. <What>? Exactly. <laughs> we got and we got big ideas, big thoughts, and uh, he is going to tell us what his pick. The big for mouth, Wednesday the middle is. of the week. And you know, we never know what to expect when it gets when it comes to Wednesday, and uh, we're we're about to find out for better or for ill what Ashley's pick for Wednesday is. And so it falls to me. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you guys, look, I am, um, I've agonized over this choice. Uh, you know, I, I knew, as I said, like I was two for two. Like for me, like Forgotten Silver and Steve is like chocolate and peanut butter. It's just <laughs> yeah. happening. But no bread. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. No bread. <laughs> and Best in Show and Darren is like bacon with lettuce and tomato. And a little bit of mayo, just a touch, just a little mm. bit. I think it's more like poutine. It's like yeah, cheese maybe. and fries and gravy. Just I'd a perfect combination. That. You kind of know it should God, all go together. You're making me hungry. God damn it! And that is so not keto. Uh, you know, it was so it was hard, and I've really been torn between two films. Feeling and like I guess fool. what I'm left with is which of these is the most out of the box. Um, yeah, you shouldn't and, feel like you need to live up to that reputation or live down to that reputation. You should pick the film that you feel best represents what Wednesday. What does your heart tell you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, I'll tell you what it does. I'll tell you what my heart tells me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to bring up my, my other option for Friday, and I'll tell you like what I think Wednesday should be. Um, so uh, it, it's funny because um, Steve, when he began his presentation, mentioned that it was almost a, it was a double feature, right? There was a, a, a sort of a short subject that 60 years later, and it won't be a 60 year span, um, led to something larger uh, many years later, right? And then the first thing is a little bit harder to find. It's, it's smaller, it's, you know, it's all of that. Um, and, and, and that's kind of where my head is at uh, for this week. And before I get into it, because I know what one of the objections is going to be, I, wanna, I want you to set the Wayback Machine to um, a radio show called War of the Worlds, which had people convinced that there was actually an alien invasion in New Jersey. Now, admittedly, aliens could do billions of dollars worth of improvement to New Jersey. There's no question <laughs> about that. I don't think anybody, even especially people who live in New Jersey would question that. Uh, but this film, um, you, you would never, I think, if you were sane, like think, oh, wow, this could be real when you're watching it. But more of it is real than you think. Um, the movie that I'm talking about was nominated for uh, Best Picture. Uh, it was produced by a filmmaker who has been named before in this week by Steve. Uh, it's a movie produced in 2009 um, by Peter Jackson. It was inspired by a mockumentary short subject that was made in 2005. Uh, that was directed by uh, a young filmmaker named Neil Blomkamp called Alive in Joburg. And I am referring to 2009's District 9. Nobody comes back late at night anymore. They have more security. The government noticed that they were moving into new areas. That's when things started to get out of hand. They're spending so much money to keep them here when they could be spending it on other things. At least they're keeping them separate from us. A lot of bad things started to happen. They must just go. I don't know where they go. They must just go. We're at the breaking point. People are living in fear. Why don't you just leave? How do your weapons work? I just want everyone watching this right now to learn from what has happened. I think that qualifies. Yeah, absolutely. We did, you know, we said at the very beginning, a mockumentary doesn't have to be a comedy. It's that's a right. faux documentary. That's right. You know? And that's the style. Although that District Blomkamp 9 is hilarious. 
And it is hilarious <laughs> and it is exciting and it's cool. And it's probably the best movie that is, it's not probably, it is the best movie that Neil Blomkamp ever made. Um, it certainly benefited from years of development on Halo, God only knows. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's frankly, it's, it's awesome. It deserves all the accolades it's received. It's received, uh, it's, uh, what's his name? Charlto Copley, right? Is the, uh, it plays the, the main character. He's this almost nebbishy middle management guy um, who essentially gets infected. Uh, he's living in, um, in Johannesburg. Um, they've got a population of alien refugees that are living there. And it's all about the tensions between the humans and the aliens. He becomes infected basically with the alien DNA, which gradually turns him into an alien, right? Um, so it's sort of like where the world meets fly. Yeah, exactly. And it's wonderful. It's delightful. It's also about his, how he essentially learns empathy with these aliens who live, uh, live among them. Um, and what's fascinating about it is that it's a larger subject of uh, Blomkamp's uh, short uh, film. It was about six minutes long from 2005 called Alive in Joburg, which was actually a movie that was kind of exploring what happened when about, I, I guess there were close to 60, 70,000 uh, refugees from Zimbabwe uh, landed in Cape Town. Uh, back in the 70s. And what was fascinating about Alive in Joburg is they did, you know, the interviews with the man on the street about the aliens, right? And these are the, the same strange creatures. But they they took actual interviews with actual people about the refugees from Zimbabwe. Right. And they used that as footage in the film and used the, the aliens um, instead of the refugees. Right. And it's really fascinating. It's really worth a watch. And they take that whole idea and they 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 make it bigger and they make it cooler and they turn it into an action movie for District 9, which never fails to be smart, never fails to be entertaining. Um, you know, it, it, it never kind of gives up on the on the conceit. It's incredibly well made. As I said, it's it's the best, it's it's easily the best movie that Neil Blomkamp like ever made period um even though he's he's certainly like given it the old college try since then um and i think it's the perfect pick for wednesday because if wednesday is about anything you know what you're right mark it's not really so much about being out of the box it is wednesday at its best is about showing us the possibilities of the week now Sometimes it's the I top show you. of the roller coaster. That's right. You can <laughs> going up and up and up. You get to the top, and then it's just down like a shot. That's right. It's That's a, why we call a pivot it point. It's, it's a pivot point. You know, you pivot to something unexpected. It's That's right. Two. Shakes things up. Keeps us keeps us on our toes. Damn exactly. right. Exactly. Expect the unexpected. Damn right. But so if you're you expecting go. the unexpected, is it expected? <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem I've got, right? Which is why, like, should I just go straight down the middle? Should I, like, pick waiting for Guffman? It's like, uh, what should I do? It's like, um, and again, I'll get to, like, what my other option was when we get to Friday. And I have a pretty good idea of what, what Mark is going to pick. Oh, that's a great, that's a great pick. A great pick. Yeah, that, uh, that's a film I've been meaning to revisit. Uh, I only seen it the one time back when it came out. And I enjoyed it, um, but I, I don't own it on disc and, and I haven't seen it since. And I, it's quite I, good. I really yeah. like the setup. I, I, I like the first three quarters of it. It's the final act that, that kind of lets it down for me. because It, it kind of turns into an action movie? It turns mm -hmm. into Hollywood bullshit. And, and yeah, I agree. I agree. It is like, but it's, 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 it's such a great setup. It's still a great setup. But the short is amazing. 
Yeah, it is. It's it's a must see. So yeah. like again, it's like a double feature for Wednesday. yeah. We'll give you the like, double feature. I think it's fair. Yeah. If you guys double feature, you should get the double feature. Yeah. We'll give you the double, double feature. feature. I think it's okay. So right. it's a short subject before the main feature. Yeah, exactly. It's like the old days. It, you know, there'll be a newsreel and there'll be a cartoon and there'll be a short, you know, short subject and then there'll be your yeah. I think they I didn't, didn't even have the whole those day. when we were going to movies as kids. So. That's true, but still, <laughs> let's pretend like they did. Let's because pretend because it was it. so cool. I wish they did. May, they may go back to that. You know, Let's with all the like movie theaters going the out of business, we may yeah, go right. back to the days of, Remember you know, when they used except to have they'll movies. be charging $75 a ticket. Drive-ins are back. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? Exactly. As long as we don't have to sit through 20 minutes of commercials. Yeah, oh, no. We're not kidding. All commercials. Yeah. Well, now the Arclight's <laughs> gone, which was oh, the shit. only one that put a, a limit on commercials. You know, as much as I do love what the, I do feel AMC's come a long way because I used to hate AMC and I like it now, but they show way too many commercials. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, that was the great thing about the arc light was never more than three commercials. Yep. And, or, or, or no commercials and actually no, three trailers. No more than three trailers. Yeah, no commercials and three trailers, which is funny because, you know, every Saturday night um, we do movie night with the kids. We actually do it like 4.30 movie. We do a theme month. And we do a movie every Saturday. And I always show three trailers related to the theme before the movie. And if I try to show four, they're like, no, it's three. You can't show another trailer. Save it for next week. And I never can slip in that last trailer. So it's, it's, Mark, it's three three trailers, popcorn, and then on to our feature presentation. Mark, will you be my dad? <laughs> <laughs> we, we've seen some good stuff. Seen some great movies. I never thought my 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 kids would be huge Capricorn One fans, but you know what? That's awesome. Sure enough, they are. <laughs> time after time, big thumbs Dude, I up. I love that your kids love Time After Time. Oh, they love it. What's better than time travel and serial killers? That's <laughs> right. You know, it's like what's better than like your kids that are watching like a prostitute just get like you know cut from. Hey, I saw it when I was young. Oh God, so, I me mean too. that's how I, I like look at these things. I'm like, if I, I saw 11. it, yeah. I haven't shown them Excalibur yet, and I was probably, you know, their age when I started selling. Look, so I saw it when I was young, and if kids are still kids, they're going to eat it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that brings us a great, uh, great pick for Wednesday. It brings us Thursday. And, you know, there's this wonderful scene in The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> where uh, Wednesday pick. During, the carbon, during the carbon freezing chamber. And uh, Luke... Uh, is manipulated into the carbon freeze and Darth Vader turns and goes all too easy. That's how I feel right now. Oh, can I just uh, point out, not, um, sir, excuse me, um, but um, Luke was not manipulated into the car. Oh, wait, maybe he was. He was. <laughs> because he did jump out. But then he? he was able to jump, but I don't think he intended to be there. I think yeah, he just got right. out by the skin of his teeth. Actually, I don't have think you that seen was The Empire Strikes Back? No, I haven't. It's a love story. Keep <laughs> my shorts. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> so much like you, Ashley, my first instinct was, oh, what am I going to do? Because I have two, 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 but one of them's forgotten silver. Ah, Steve will pick that. I'll be fine. <laughs> Number two, I figured, Darren, eh, probably best in show, uh, which is true. Third, I had no idea what you're going to pick, but I knew it wouldn't be anything I would pick. So I was fine. Uh, Andy period. Hall. Really? Well, close. <laughs> This is no brainer. This yeah, is a no, no brainer. brainer. I know exactly what yeah. you're thinking. Go ahead. This is a no brainer. I don't even have another movie I want to pick. It's Zelig. 
Fresh stories roll off the press every day about Zelig. This manifestation is neurological in order. The doctors claim now, this, to have the uh, situation in hand. Suffering from, uh, no two can agree on and a diagnosis. I should not be surprised. I'm convinced that it's glandular in nature and all over the place. Shall we go over now? Next thing, the guy had disappeared. I'm sure that further tests will show a problem in this. I'm certain that something he picked up from eating Mexican food. We're just beginning to realize the dimensions of what could be the scientific medical phenomenon of the age and possibly of all time. I'm 12 years old. I run into a synagogue. I ask the rabbi the meaning of life. He tells me the meaning of life. But he tells it to me in Hebrew. I don't understand Hebrew. Then he wants to charge me $600 for Hebrew lessons. He was the phenomenon of the 20s. The story reflected the nature of our civilization. All the themes of our culture were there. But when you look back on it, it was, it was very strange. There's a brand new dance, come up the river. Just jerk your head and shake your liver. You'll do long chameleon. It's the a chameleon man. The, the change, yeah, the chameleon man. Do the chameleon. Do the so it's the story of Leonard Zelig, a man who is so insecure that wherever he goes, he he becomes the person he's with. You know, as the, as the and it's done perfectly. Yeah, as a newsreel from the 1920s and, and 1930s. Um, it is pitch perfect. Gordon Willis did the, the shot it. Um. They, you know, it's a combination of um, uh, vintage footage and recreations of the era, and I, I it is hard to believe that this movie is not uh, from the nineteen twenties. Uh, Woody Allen is remarkable, and I have to say, Mia Farrow is phenomenal in it as Eudora Fletcher, the therapist that's brought in to work with him, because none of the doctors can um, figure out why it is that, you know, if he's with an African-American man, he turns black. If he's with an Asian man, he turns Asian. If he's with an obese man, he turns fat. Um, you know, <laughs> and uh, all these, one clips, point, are these he, clips are done so well years before Forrest Gump. Well, yeah. and, and there you go. It is done in the era of, this is 1983, I believe. Yeah. Um, where all photochemical you know, no CG. Yeah. It's all done on film. There's no, no digital trickery. And it is perfection yeah. in terms of uh, the recreations of the era. There's not one misstep. And it starts very serious. Like, you know, you think you're watching a, just a real documentary about the era, and then the jokes start to come in. But right. it, it never breaks. It, it, but it, it's, so, it's so funny. I, I remember so fondly, um, I would rent that on the Warner Home Video uh, in that plastic box from sure. Warner Home Video. <laughs> it was one of those Orion titles that Warner put out through their deal. And I rented that movie, I don't know how many times I watched it. It was short, it was like 70 something minutes. Boy, that movie made me laugh. And um, uh, and then of course it would air on HBO and then it came out on DVD and I have it on the Twilight Time Blu-ray because I don't think you can get it on digital. Um, and it is such a good, it's amazing to me that this movie is not held in higher esteem. And yet when you watch the trailer on the Blu-ray, all it is is reviews 
And they're all like raves from the biggest film critics, you know, Vincent Camby, uh, Janet Maslin, Rex Reed, uh, Dennis Cunningham. And they're all like, this movie is a masterpiece. This movie's brilliant. This movie, you know, and it, it's so forgotten. Yeah. It's not forgotten silver, but it's so, it's so <laughs> overlooked, you know, because of course people talk about Annie Hall and they talk about Manhattan, talk about ha Hannah, but Zelig is so good. It's so good. And it's so funny. I mean, when he goes to Nazi Germany and he flies across the Atlantic <laughs> backwards, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's great. And it's funny because, you know, of course, Woody Allen's career was kind of made off a mockumentary off Take the Money and Run, which is cute and has some funny bits in it. But, it, you know, it's not a great mockumentary, but it has some really funny scenes. It's a funny movie. Um, you know, but he was first finding himself as direct. But Zelig is like sheer cinematic perfection. And, and, and so when we decided to do Mockumentary Week, it was like, oh, this is all too easy. <laughs> Oh, well, that that shot of of Leonard Zelig uh, below the dais with Adolf Hitler that that just goes on and on and on where he's no, you know seeing uh, Eudora in the in the audience and is like waving is so funny. It's so convincing. I mean, it's like it's so great. But this movie, I think it it gets lost in the shuffle because it came like dead center in the middle of Woody Allen's most prolific period of great mm -hmm. films where he's making one really strong movie after another between Annie Hall and uh Crimes and Misdemeanors or But it was or, like uh, after Stardust Memories and Midsummer Night's Sex Comedy which is terrible. I think he made it um, at the same time as Midsummer Night's Sex Comedy. Right, I think you're right because you know, I remember, you know, when I first read about it in Cinefantastic, <laughs> which is crazy. The first time I read about a Woody, this Woody Allen movie was in Cinefantastic, but it was all about how they did the digital trickery because it was so ambitious at the time. The what analog they were doing trickery. The, uh, the new, yeah, right. The, the newsreel uh, of footage, but it plays like an old news on the march, you know, or Pathé newsreel. Um, but so it's so perfect. You know, and mostly when people do that, there's always something that pulls the string. There's always something that's not, you know, that they miss. This just feels so of the era, and and so and it's so perfect. And, and just the way that it goes from it starts like a newsreel, it starts and and starts fairly serious, and then becomes funnier and funnier, and there are more jokes. And uh, and it, it's so different than anything else in his, you know, fifty plus film. Uvra, you know, I mean, it's it's so it's it's nothing like Annie Hall or Manhattan or Hannah or Crimes and Misdemeanors. Um, and, and yet, it's and so yet it is a little bit. It is a love story. You know, it is a love story between yeah, you know, um, uh, Leonard uh, Zelig and uh, but just you know the people observing uh, the the Zelig character. And uh, you know the Charleston, as they name a dance after him, the, the <laughs> right. you know the, the changing uh, with this Zelig or whatever it was, um, and it's 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 just a it's just a great great movie, um, and uh, I you know I can't say enough good things about it, and it's really it's sad that it's it's so hard to find now. It might be I know Amazon actually has a bunch of Woody Allen movies streaming, and HBO Max has a bunch of Woody Allen movies streaming. Um, it might be on there, but um, it's very hard to find. And I treasure my uh, Twilight Time uh, uh, Blu-ray um, because, it, and it, it looks great. I mean, they did a great job with the film, and and it was great because knowing the show was coming up, I went back and rewatched it, um, and I, I just was like, oh my god, this is definitely as good as I remember it. This is just such a great movie. I just want to say, look, I haven't watched it, but now it's on my list because you know that I 
you know, have decided after Annie Hall that I'm going to get smart on Woody Allen. Uh, yeah, I'll lend you the Blu-ray if you want. If you I can't would love for it. you to lend yeah. me the Blu-ray. Um, but as I was doing my research for this topic, this was the one I was like, yep, this is <laughs> So I am four for four this week. I just want to point, I, obviously I had a little bit of an advantage because I had a 20, I had a 100% chance of getting my day right. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, yeah, but it's, 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 a great, it's a great film. And, uh, and short. <laughs> and, and thorough. Short. Uh, and thorough. And thorough. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> the Coen brothers had never done a mockumentary. Which is astonishing because everything they do feels like a mockumentary. Mm-hmm. Don't you kind of want Raising Arizona to be a mockumentary? Yes. Yes, I do. I, I mean, you know, and it's funny because they do have like sometimes narration. And I remember the trailer for Fargo starts with like Once Upon a Time. There's just like, anyway. So, okay, so that's my pick for Thursday, Woody Allen's classic, Zelig, um, which brings us to Friday. So many things to discuss. Um, Darren, you said you had something in abeyance you were holding on to for Friday. Did I? Or maybe that was Ashley. It was Ashley. Ashley. Uh, My second choice for Wednesday. um, Bob Roberts. No, I mean, because we'd already picked it. And also I thought, like, if we hadn't already picked it, Steve would have picked it. Uh, so there you go. Um, no, I, and the only reason why I didn't pick it for Wednesday was because I felt it was not quite as out of the box as District 9, but I mm. love it. It's can I guess, terrific. Can I yes, guess? you can. Yes. Well, the Blair Witch Project. You know what's funny about that? Yes, but no. Uh, <laughs> honestly, like, I gave serious thought to the Blair Witch Project. Like, I gave serious thought to it. But I ultimately decided that it it couldn't count as a faux documentary. It was just found footage because the original mm. filmmaker didn't try to cut it together. Yeah, okay, that's that's fair. Right? So I was like, okay, so that's a different thing. Kind of like paranormal activity, right? Like, you could say, okay, found footage is almost its own category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but That'd be a pretty bad week, though. It would be, <laughs> that would be, it, would, it would be hard-pressed to come up with great found footage movies. You know, you come up mm. with a couple of them. I think actually... I think there's a lot to recommend Blair Witch, but um, but it's neither here nor there. Um, I would have said what we do in the shadows. Right. Oh yeah, that's a great pick, right? Yeah, right. It's Taika Waititi who is awesome. He's so freaking funny. It led to like a great show um, on FX that is like the spiritual successor, but doesn't depend on that original film. Um, it's Jermaine Clement. It's like all the Flight of the Concords guys. It's like it's. It's so funny. It's so good. It's so well, I mean, it's obviously well cast. Like, it's just, it's these vampires living together. Mm. Um, and just all of the, they just, they're like real roommates, except their problems are like vampire problems. And it's just played so straight and it's so much fun. It's weirdly sweet and cool. Um, it's all like the banality of evil. It's, and I mean, it's kind by of the awesome. time they got to the weird roommate Peter, who's like the Nosferatu vampire that yeah. lives in the basement, that just killed me. And that, or, whole and the and the werewolf gang, the yeah, werewolves, werewolves. It's like they're kind of like the Fisher friends, not food guys. Um, <laughs> like I love the whole chase sequence through the house, which is fantastic. It's just this amazing action. Sequence. I mean, it, uh, you know what we do in the shadows. Great movie, great mockumentary. It's and it's, short. There's nothing quite like it, and it's short and and thorough. And, you know, you could watch the Boonwell short before. So, Steve, <laughs> I got to tell you, I mean, I have to thank you because you were the one who was raving about the TV show. So 
you know, Naomi and I, I think when we finished Call My Agent, we were looking for the next show and uh, we decided to uh, watch uh, what we do in the shadows based on your recommendation. And man, we were not disappointed. <laughs> that show is so freaking good. That oh. is so funny. Bat? Oh my God. <laughs> and, and <laughs> oh, and the episode that everyone was talking about um, where, uh, from the second season where Jackie Daytona. Oh, oh my God. God. Yes. Oh my God. Oh the bartender. my God. So oh, great. So great. That show the, is so the, inspired. The, the vampire council made up of yeah. all these actors yeah. that have played famous vampires. Oh, it's so, <laughs> so good. It's so inspired. It's so smart and so funny. And just love it. Can't wait for season three. Um, okay, so other suggestions, Darren? Anything on your mind? Um, you know, I I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't recommend uh, any of the the later uh, Chris Guest movies. Um, just because, like I said before, they they're kind yeah, of, like, yeah, they yeah. don't ring true. Um, yeah. And honestly, I had a I had a tough time thinking of. Uh, of mockumentaries uh, for right. this one. Well, I'll tell you. Oh, I got a whole list, baby. I'm if sure. we were going to repeat anything, I still feel like Spinal Tap, it's like not having Airplane, you know, if you're going to do... Well, yeah, this is Spinal you know, Tap is the... It's the, the pinnacle of this art form. It, it, it is, is the apex, and it is also one of the funniest movies ever made. I, yeah, it's the I, one, I it's the one is that... Is repeating a week? Is repeating a pick? We can do what? it if we want We've to. We've done it from time to time. Right, like we, that we, time we accidentally picked the, the Terminator season. twice for Friday? Yeah, no, no, but there, there was like one or two times where we did repeat a movie. And like, I feel like this movie is so, it, it defines the form. It defines the genre. It, 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 you know, when you think of mockumentaries, the first thing that comes to mind is this final time. But then there's also stuff like Borat, you yeah. know, the first yeah. Borat. Or the LAG is, movie. Yeah. Yeah. But like I mean, Bruno, I think the first I mean, Borat, you know, even though if he, if he hadn't made the sequel, Borat had for, sort of fallen out of the zeitgeist for many years. But when it came out, I mean, everyone was obsessed with Borat. I mean, I was right. so sick of everyone doing their impersonations of Borat, you know. But um, that's a very smart and a very funny movie. Um, I'm not as enamored with the second one as a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. But boy, that first movie is is really, a, really funny. It it, it it wore out on me after uh, after about a half hour, to be honest. But so if it were a short subject, if it were a short subject, I would be. Fine. If it was a Louis <laughs> Bunuel short, right? <laughs> right? Louis Bunuel wear shorts. If it, was, if it were the Land Without Bread in Joburg, it would have been. Right. All over. <laughs> so another film that I was seriously considering, but I really wanted to watch it again before mm. I picked it, and it's not readily available. Uh, it's a movie that um, I think it came out. It came out after Spinal Tap. Like Spinal Tap was, I think, the film that that kicked off the modern era of mockumentary films. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm thinking of another one that was very popular when it came out, and it spawned several sequels. I only saw one of the sequels that wasn't nearly as good. Um, but I'm talking about The Gods Must Be Crazy, mm -hmm. right? which uh, I remember I seeing it two or three times in the theater and thinking it was very funny and uh, really wanting to revisit it. Uh, and, you know, it, it, like I said, it was very popular when it came Super out. Super popular. Was, I never saw it. It's the one where they, they find the Coke bottle. Yeah, yeah. A, a Bushman, yeah. basically an African Bushman finds a Coke bottle that was tossed out of an airplane. Uh, and 
wants to take it to the edge of the world and throw it off the edge of the world. And we just And there was a sequel too, The Gods Must Be Angry. I mean, that was how popular that movie was. There were three time. sequels. I oh, think man. I only ever saw the first sequel and uh, it wasn't uh, Guns of the Bangers and Seven. Uh, oh wait, we're wrong, wrong one. <laughs> the guns of the gods must be crazy. The guns must be crazy. Um <laughs> the, 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 good, the, the bad and the rhyme. crazy. <laughs> Uh, the gods must be crazy and the kingdom of the crystal skull. Gods must be cranky. I would also mention, I mean, I, I don't love this movie, but it's worth mentioning. Steve, I think we saw it at just together. Um, uh, Behind the Mask, uh, Leslie Jordan. Oh my God, it's, yeah. It's, it's um, about a serial killer. It's a mockumentary about a, a Freddy-like serial killer as though he was a real... Uh, and and it, it's it's Although, smart and well done. I, I think, you know... Um, does Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer count as that? Or no? No, maybe I don't not. think it. Mm. Uh, it's not no. really that style. Yeah, I yeah, mean, there is. There's man bites dog. I think that was more of a. Plus, uh, you know, Michael Rooker has enough attention from James Gunn. <laughs> he doesn't need our love. That's right. That's right. Lest we forget from 1979. Alien. Uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. No, <laughs> it was like being there in the 23rd century. Yeah, Albert. Brooks. You mean like being there with like uh, Peter Sellers? In the 23rd century? That was also 1979, actually. That's right. Wait, Darren was talking. Darren's Sorry. talking. Go ahead, Darren. I believe Darren has the floor. Albert Brooks, real life. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's on my list. Mm. I've never seen it, and I really oh, yeah. got yeah. it because I love Albert Brooks. Although, That's funny. It's like the one Albert Brooks movie I never saw either. Oh, my God. It, it's it's was it a movie or a series? No, it's a movie. It's a movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, American Family, that was the series, right? Wasn't that a mockumentary series? It's PBS. Yeah. Uh, it's a very famous. A real life was a parody of American Family. Is yes. that right? Yeah. Yes. Um, it's extremely well done and really disturbing at the same time. <laughs> uh, but it's hilarious. Albert Brooks is um, uh, thrown in. Well, he throws himself into the midst of this uh, situation with covering a, a a real life family, and uh, he has brand new technology to help accomplish it, which is the most uh, ludicrous helmets that have built-in cameras, and they look <laughs> like they look like walking two thousand one pods uh, as they follow the, <laughs> like the, the, the family the around. Like Remember the spocculator. Well, yeah, the, the spock hat, <laughs> the, the spock <laughs> helmet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even worse than that. Uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> you need to see it. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's one of those. Albert Brooks movies that people don't remember. I nearly didn't remember it. Uh, yeah, because, you know, um, uh, Criterion put out Defending Your Life recently. Mm -hmm. They put Lost in America a couple years ago. Oh. Um, Modern Romance came out on the Indicator label in UK, which is a wonderful Albert Brooks film. Yeah. Um, but uh, Mother obviously has been out for a while, The Muse. Right. But, um, but um, I haven't seen Real Life. I think it's hard to find. It is. It is, but it but it's out there because I remember finding it on a streaming service somewhere. Mm. Uh, well, it could be on Amazon. We just can't find it on Amazon. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> right. Who can find anything in the Amazon? Well, I mean, as far as more uh, more recent films go, there's a couple by that uh, the like the Lonely Island guys, pop star, never stop, never stopping, right? Uh, about right. the uh, pop uh, young pop star and Seven Days in Hell about the tennis tournament. Uh, that just keeps going and going and going. Hmm. Oh. It was done for HBO Sports. That wasn't the sequel to Seven Days in May where uh, there's another coup d'etat against <laughs> the president? No. And then, of course, there's one uh, starring the great Werner Herzog, Incident at Loch Ness, where they oh are uh, searching yeah. for the Loch Ness monster. Mm. 
Does Grizzly and, Man count? And no, Ver that's and Werner Herzog plays the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> and we're we're forgetting a big one. There's a big one. What? The that Ruddles. Big was summoned a big one. The Ruddles. All you need is cash. Yeah, oh, that's course. a big one. Yeah. That is that's a, a big Beatles one. parody. Yeah. From it was an Eric Idle. We had this conversation from Music Week. But I remember it because <laughs> Darren, I talked about how I don't really like the Ruddles. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's you not very it. good. Oh, yeah. somebody said they liked it. I'm not a big fan of the Ruddles. Yeah. Ruddles. Uh, but but uh, apparently, uh, the uh, uh, Paul loved it. At least that's what Eric Idle says. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he did. Maybe he did. Yeah, he was good friends with uh, George Harrison. So well, maybe absolutely. He, uh, just they were being polite. Sure. Why not? And there was uh, <laughs> oh, crazy man. Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Is that like beauty, oh beauty God, pageant? Is yeah, for sure. Um, I didn't see this one, but it looked interesting. CSA, the Confederate States of America, which was a, a fake history documentary about yeah. what happened if the South won the Civil War. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. You mean the it was War called the Republican Northern National Convention? You, you mean the War of Northern Aggression? Yes. Uh, and wasn't Atomic there like Cafe? Apollo 12 or something? Atomic Cafe is not a mockumentary. No. I, I saw that on some list somewhere where they said it's one of the... It's not a... It's, 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 it's a documentary about, about all the atomic... Movies. About, about all these movies from the 50s and the 40s, you know, the duck and cover. And it's, it's just sort of a combination of... It's a great... I love Atomic Cafe. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Another 1982 classic, but um, it, you know, yeah, but those are great, all real. Those are all but real. They're all real, they exactly. It's not a mockumentary. It's just it's telling it. It's so you know we looked through it and it's so unrecognizable and so crazy and you know the fear and the paranoia and and you know the, the stuff that the, the the government was creating these um you know the, these things for the schools that they would watch. I mean, I think we're at the tail end of that. We we saw a couple of those probably, but. Um, um, you know, Indiana Jones in the fridge, but uh, it's not really a mockumentary. It's it's kind of like a just um, a very arch documentary, you know, in the way like Electric Boogaloo is. Right. The, Don't you think? The I mean, documentary I mean, Electric Steve, Boogaloo. If, if you, yeah, breaking. right. Exactly. But Steve, I mean, do you disagree with that or what do you think? I have not seen all of the Atomic Cafe, so I can't, uh, I can't. Uh, oh, I have the Blu-ray. You want to borrow it? Yeah. Okay. I'm lending a lot of Blu-rays this week. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Well, um, is the captain here? <laughs> oh my! Is Spock here? I'll lend you my Blu-ray. Uh, there um, was a Tanner eighty-eight, although I guess that was more of a TV, was TV series, miniseries. Yeah. 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 Which I think Robert Altman said was the best thing he ever did, which I don't agree with. Mm. And they made a sequel to it, didn't they? Um, they made a sequel Tanner, to Tanner ninety-two. Or 96, something, 92 or 96. 1999. <laughs> Tanner is blown out of orbit <laughs> and begins a journey through the cosmos. So while we're watching the, the atomic cafe too close to the nuclear waste. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I don't know. Oh. For me, Friday is kind of boiling down to a race between acknowledging one of the all-time classics, again, Spinal Tap, uh, what we do in the shadows, I think, is a strong pick. Borat, mm -hmm. the first Borat, is a strong pick. And I'd argue, well, we kind of decided Blair Witch Project is more of a found footage than a documentary, but yeah. I, I would argue it is. I would consider it a, do a faux documentary. I, and let's not forget Take the Money and Run. 
the Woody Allen, Woody <laughs> Allen <laughs> first uh, narrative film. Uh, is that a gub? It says gub. <laughs> it definitely says gub. <laughs> it says gun. Come over here. Does that say gun or gub? Uh, no, I, I look. I, I, I think it's a really fun movie, but it's it's not uh, doesn't belong in this week. Um, so the the the, the I, question I is, yeah, those are all good. It, it, it I, has I, I think to be, it, it has either to be what we do in the tap. shadows or or spinal tap. It has to be spinal tap. There's just no, you know, there's there's nothing yeah, out agree. there. It's like, like it's Friday. It's like yes, it was picked before, but it was picked as a main day. It was picked as a Wednesday. So yeah. I think you should smell the glove and decide. Uh, yes, right. <laughs> I mean, and Spinal Tap, it's you know, it's its influence continues to be felt. I mean, they've put out, I think, two albums since then. They've toured multiple times, and they've is, made appearances on other shows. It is required watching on all of these tour buses for all these <laughs> all these uh, rock groups that go across the country. Oh, they. They watch it all the time. The the last, I think the last live concert I saw before the lockdown was Derek Smalls uh, in concert, his solo tour, uh, Smalls Change, and it was pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty damn funny. It, it, the, it, the 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 performance needed some polish. It felt like they had maybe rehearsed for a day or two, but uh, it was still a lot of fun. I I think we 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 have to keep in mind that we put together a week of perfect tens. But Spinal Tap goes to 11. <laughs> but <I'm sorry>. so, <laughs> That's the best argument for Spinal Tap on Friday that I've heard, frankly. Uh, yeah. Spinal yeah. Tarp? <laughs> because when you get to Friday, <laughs> you want one more. You just want to <laughs> crank it up a little bit more. And, 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 and push and, over the cliff. <laughs> and it's in you know, D, the saddest of all keys. <laughs> I'm just as God made me, sir. Puppet show. <laughs> Two words, puppet show. But uh, let's face it, it got Patrick McNee in it. It got June Chadwick in it. You know, it got... It got it, Billy it, Crystal. It got Billy Crystal. I mean, it got, it got you know... I Bruno, mean, uh, Bruno Kirby. Oh, Kirby. my God. To have loved and lost like Frank has. <laughs> I mean, it's so... I mean, even... I think on that ridiculous uh, uh, um, Criterion black laser disc, there was like 40 <laughs> minutes of deleted scenes. Yeah. And just the fact that they're deleted scenes are funnier than virtually any other movie ever <laughs> yeah. released. It deserves the recognition just for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could buy action figures of these guys for crying out loud. Yeah, and and, yeah, and Rob Reiner is so great. And it kicked off a series of films for him with Stand By Me, with A uh, Few Good Men, with um, with uh, uh, Ren Sally. I mean, he uh, Princess Bride, he had a run of movies that few directors have ever equaled. Yeah. Um, and, and it started with Spinal Tap. And it's it's brilliant, and I mean, you know, uh, I I have no problem uh, bringing it back to the show, especially that was a first season pick, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And you know, Spinal Tap is one of those movies that uh, never fails to cheer me up. Uh, I probably watch it mm -hmm. at least once a year. Uh, it never fails. To, I, I think the first time I saw it was this kind of adds to the mystique of it. Is it real or not? Because I saw it back in probably '85. I didn't see it in the theater. My friend had a shitty VHS tape of it that we That's watched. That's how to watch it, though. Yeah. That's how to watch it. Yeah. So it felt like it was this underground movie about this real thing. And and I'd never heard of Spinal Tap, but I wasn't that much into the rock and roll. 
in high school. I was like not, being anti Not them in general, just the whole rock and roll the thing. The whole rock and roll thing. <laughs> and uh, like, are these, is this real? Like, I recognize, like, I think I recognize that guy from another movie or, you know, but it was, it was a little hard to tell uh, in, in crappy third generation VHS tape in 1985. Plus, uh, you know, Tony Handridge just died recently. Yeah. Who's yeah. so funny is their, uh, is their manager. It's not like Boston's a big college town. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, movie. I, I, it's what Steve said. You know, we watched a lot of our favorite movies again and again and again. But every time I watch Final Town, I still laugh out loud. Yeah. I, I mean, there are very few comedies, you know, that I can say that about that, you know, when I watch like the 10th or 15th or 40th time, that I, I, I still love them, but yeah. that I still laughed at, you know, hard. And Spinal Tap, I still laugh. No, no, not, not an exit, not an exit. Well, we don't want an exit. And how many times, <laughs> look, and how many times have we been at Comic-Con or at a convention center and been lost underneath oh, yeah, totally. and serpentining through tunnels going, hello, Cleveland! Rock and roll! <laughs> <laughs> The, the Stonehenge doing? sequence may be one of the funniest sequences in the history of movies. You know, f f funniest five ten minutes yeah. in, uh, in any movie. I mean, it's Although so funny. Possibly rivaled by rock and roll creation when they're yeah. trying to get Derek out of his pod that won't open. Right with the stagehand yeah. with a hammer, and, and it does open just as the other. No, two no. Close. that's brilliant, and that's all. I mean, I mean, the whole eleven inches, eleven feet, and. You know, Stonehenge is in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. I mean, it makes me laugh just thinking about it. So I, I think, Ashley, what, what do you think? Spinal Tap? I absolutely think Spinal Tap. Okay. So, so let it be, so let it be done. Spinal Tap. Through two decades, 17 classic albums, countless unforgettable concert triumphs, they changed the face of British rock music forever. And the best part is, they're back. Final tap, get out there, you're on! Now, they're on the verge of the greatest comeback of all time. Rock and roll! This is their moment. Go right straight through this door here, down the hall. Yeah. Turn right. Their time has come. Rock and roll! Any minute now. Any second. Hello, stage! We lost. A little job there, about 30 feet. Job to the left. Get ready. Get set. Direct from hell. Final. Now you're rocking. Now you're rocking. Heavy metal's deep. You can get stuff out of it. My name is Marty DeBergen. I'm a filmmaker. One man dares to probe the hidden secrets. I was just pointing at it. I... Well, don't point even. Don't even point. point. No, it can't be played. Never. I mean, can I look at it? One man dares to hear the shocking answers. It's tragic, really. He exploded on stage. To questions like, is the world really ready for spinal tap? You put a greased, naked woman yes. on all fours yes. with a dog collar with around dog her collar. neck and a leash. And a leash. And pushing a black glove in her face to sniff it. You don't find that offensive? No, you don't, I don't. find that sexist? Yes, well, you should Listen have seen the cover they wanted to do. After years of vicious gossip, the official explanation was he 
choked on vomit. Well, I can't prove whose vomit it was. Years of ugly rumors. It's a passing thing. This is a fact. And you are a spinal tarp? Oh, what's going on here? Hi. Now, the vicious, ugly truth can be told. Well, I'm sure I'd feel much worse if I weren't under such heavy sedation. where eardrums go to die come the living legends of rock and roll lunacy this is spinal tap you know it's like hemingway said you know remember them as they were and write them off okay so this is a very entertaining week you wouldn't know it because we're starting with Louis Bunuel, Steve Melton. <laughs> with Spanish surrealist Louis Bunuel's short Land Without Bread, paired with Peter Jackson and Costa Boats' very dry faux film documentary, Forgotten Silver. Followed on Tuesday, Darren Dockerman. By Best in Show, which has extra bread. <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller, it's a uh, double feature of Neil Blomkamp's uh, 2005 short Alive in Joburg, followed by his Academy Award-nominated 2009 feature-length District 9. On Thursday, it's genius auteur Woody Allen's Zelig. And on Friday, it's Rob Ryan. Well, no, it's not Rob Ryan. It's Marty DeBerge's. <laughs> this is Spinal Tap. What a week. What a week. Woo. Woo. That's fun all- stuff. As I hoped, I think we've all learned a little something about dogs, about <laughs> aliens, about bread, fads in the 30s, and about rock and roll. And Los Silva. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a great week. Well, thank you as always. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here on the 430 Movie with you guys. And uh, we'll be back next Friday with an all-new theme week. So uh, make sure to tune in. You can follow us um, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, it helps bring new people to the show. You can watch the video versions of the 430 movie on the free Electric Now streaming app. So download that today from your favorite app store. And while you're at it, check out some of our other sister podcasts like Steve and Ashley as they take you through the world of animation and cartoons in the very exciting and very animated Cartoon Bar Room. You can also find out what they're drinking. And uh, there's also <laughs> the Glorious Trexperts with Darren and myself as we talk about the, I was going to say the latest and greatest, but we don't talk about that. We talk about <laughs> everything uh, from across the Star Trek universe as everything well. Everything old is new again. <laughs> the new Trexperts briefing room where we curate um, significant episodes, audio commentaries of significant episodes of Star Trek throughout its long history. And of course, the best movies never made from Steven Scarlatta and Josh Miller, where they talk about movies that never saw the light of a projector bulb. All these shows and more are available on Electric Now or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at 430 Movie Podcast or on Facebook uh, at 430 Movie. And of course, now on Instagram at the 430 Movie, where there's some really great, obscure, cool uh, photography from some of the movies we've talked about. Um, so on behalf of uh, Darren, Steve, Ashley, and myself, we want to thank our wonderful sound engineer, Bill Ritter, and the great Mark Rivera, who's been pitching in and making us sound so good, even in the midst of the Zoom. 
and our producers, Zach Raggett and um, Peter Holmstrom, as well as Natalie Biscali. Um, so until next week, on behalf of all of us, to all of you, Eyewitness News starts now. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.